0: Welcome back to the podcast Remyumdum Ruminations. My name is Scott. I'm the host. Today's episode is called My Final Prayer. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about an offhand comment I made two weeks ago as I was, uh, as I was reading through the devotional from uh, President Oaks and Sister Oaks. There was a phrase that stuck out to me that I, um, that didn't sit well with me, and I, I had to read through the talk that it came from and, and uh, sit with my feelings for a minute to, to figure out why exactly this bothered me. I had a couple of listeners reach out, so I'm also going to mention what some of you said as we talk about this talk from Sister Michelle D. Craig called Wholehearted from the October 2022 General Conference. I'm going to try and unpack exactly what about it was what bothered me. It might not be what you, th- what you think, so come along for the ride. We'll We'll go through this. I don't think that the talk itself was bad. I think that the context that it was referenced in here is what didn't sit right with me. I'm going to recap a little bit of what we talked about for um, in this section of the devotional that President and Sister Oaks talked about, and then we're going to read some chunks from Michelle D. Craig's conference address, and we'll try and get through this together. If this is content that you enjoy, if this has been helpful for you, please consider becoming a monthly recurring donor to the podcast you can go to remyemptoriminations.org and click the donate button on the right-hand side of the page. A dollar a month, $2 a month, just whatever. If that's not something you're financially able to do, uh, you can leave a comment, share it with a friend, engage with the content wherever you're streaming this, and that will boost the visibility so that other people will be able to find what I'm doing a little bit easier. Oh, I forgot to mention. This is episode 100. Wild. That is wild to me. And in fact, this episode is releasing on my two years podcasting anniversary, if you will. I started, I published my first three episodes on June 18th of 2021. I've been doing this for two years now. Let me take a moment to say thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Thank you so much for listening, letting me ramble on about whatever I'm ruminating about. I love doing this and I love putting out this podcast. It helps me, just as I kind of did in this episode, it helps me sit down and think about why I feel the way I do. And it helps me understand exactly where my mind is on different subjects. I don't think quickly on my feet. Oftentimes I need to like sit down and and like stew on whatever issue that I'm thinking about. Some of these questions that you guys ask me, they really help me move my mind in the right direction to to breaking down ideas and creating this content. So I, I'm appreciative for everyone that reaches out and engages with the content because you help me produce more content and, and get my mind moving in in interesting new directions. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me and for listening. You guys are the best. You heard it from me. You're the best. So let's jump into this subject for today. So to set this up, I'm not going to recap everything that I said about this devotional from um, May of 2023. What I will say to kind of give a little background for the listener is one of the points that I really appreciated, one of the things that Sister Oaks talked about that I thought was, was a great subject to present to young adults was the fact that she was a single adult in the church for a long time. And she was married at the age of 53. She talked a little bit about um, longing for a companion and tears in her pillow. She was discussing some of these raw emotions of a woman who is unmarried in a church that centers eternal marriage in a core doctrine of the church. So she was talking about those vulnerable emotions, and I really appreciated it. I thought it was fantastic that they're addressing these very real issues that so many people in the church face. As she's talking about this issue, that's when she quotes Sister Michelle D. Craig, and she says, Trials do not mean the plan is failing. The plan includes growth and is meant to help us seek God. Sister Craig added, Heavenly Father is more interested in your growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ than he is in your comfort. When I read that initially, so I <laughs> I made the outline for the episode, and I, I mentioned that I wanted to read that and discuss it. But when I read it the first time, it didn't hit me the same way as I read it the second time. As I've had a little bit more time to think about why this bothered me, what doesn't sit well with me is what this is immediately following. So what Sister Oaks is discussing here isn't a sin. It's not a shortcoming of the individual. A person can't control someone else falling in love with them. This is something entirely out of the out of control of the individual. And that would precisely be the time where a God should comfort someone instead of being more interested in their growth as an individual. And I think that encapsulates exactly what my problem with it was but I want to read some of the comments that I received about this and then we'll discuss the topic a little bit more. A listener named Tim said I don't understand why you took issue with the comment about God being more interested in the growth of his children than in their comfort. Not only that but then you went on to insinuate that a loving God would not hold that attitude. Could it be that your response was an emotional one rather than a practical or logical? Great question. Maybe just consider your own children. If you had to choose between their comfort and their growth, which would you choose? Which of these two choices would result in happy, healthy, independent, and intelligent adults 10 to 20 years from now? I realize this is a false binary. However, it does often apply in real life. Excellent comment. Thank you for pushing back. This actually forced me to, to reassess what I said and to sit down with my thoughts to try and figure out exactly what about it bothered me. The last thing that Timmy said here was that it's a it is a false binary. So it's not an either or situation, but the way it's presented in sister Craig's talk is this binary. Like he's more interested in this than in that she's creating that either, or as she's discussing this, I think where I take issue specifically is that it is set up as it's either this or that I think a loving parent should also comfort, you know, if, If there is need of discipline and encouragement to make a change or act differently, that comfort should be exactly what a God, a loving God does for their children. And in the context of the talk, I think that makes a lot more sense. But when we look at it in the context of what Sister Oaks was talking about, I don't think this quote fits exactly the way that Sister Craig intended So let's jump over to the talk. this is again, General Conference, October, 2022. The talk is called Wholehearted, Sister Michelle D. Craig. I'm only going to read the section where this quote comes from. We don't need to go through the whole talk. I'll read the paragraph before and then the quote on the paragraph following. So we can understand exactly what she's trying to say. She says, when your faith, your family, or your future are challenged. When you wonder why life is so hard. When you're doing your best to live the gospel. Remember that the Lord told us to expect troubles. Troubles are part of the plan and do not mean you've been abandoned. They're part of what it means to be his. He was, after all, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's an Isaiah 53, three reference. I am learning that Heavenly Father is more interested in my growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ than he is with my comfort. I may not always want it to be that way, but it is. Living inconvenience does not bring power. The power we need to withstand the heat of our day is the Lord's power. And his power flows through our covenants with him to lean in with our faith when facing strong headwinds, to sincerely strive each day to do what we covenanted with the Savior we would do, even and especially when we are tired, worried, and wrestling with trouble with troubling questions and issues. It is to gradually receive his light, his strength, his love, his spirit, his peace. The point of walking the covenant path is to approach the Savior. He is the point. Not our perfect progress. It is not a race, and we must not compare our journey to others. Even when we stumble, He is there. Let's set aside the beliefs and the doctrines that are being presented here. For a believer, this this sort of a message is comforting. When I make a mistake or I'm facing strong headwinds, as she says, to lean on the Savior and find comfort in that. And there's many people that do. I'm not a believer myself. So that's not something that I can lean on when I'm struggling. But for a believer, someone that that wherever they're coming from, this is something that's comforting to them. To know that if they make a mistake, if they do something wrong, they can lean on the Savior for forgiveness and for comfort and love and strength to make a change and, and become a better person. This is a message of love and comfort to people. I think what Citra Craig was trying to say here isn't problematic in itself. She's talking about leaning on the Savior when you're having troubling questions and issues. And, and that's something that many believers face. You know, and some of them take the route that I took and leave the church. Some of them take the route of leaning on their faith and sitting with those questions for longer. And I'm not here to say any one response is better than another. You can figure out what's right for your own life. When I read the phrase with the full context of what she's talking about, I'm learning that Heavenly Father is more interested in my growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ than he is with my comfort, it doesn't hit me the same way as it did when I was reading, when I was listening to the devotional before. And I think it's precisely because the way Sister Craig is presenting it is it's more of a generalized statement with the trials that people face in their lives, both mistakes that they've made and hardships that they're going through. When I compare the context of what Sister Craig was saying when she cited the quote to what Sister Oak said when, when she cited this quote, it hits me a little bit differently. And I think that's exactly why it bothered me. So to answer another one of your questions from, from your, your uh, post to me, I don't think it's a choice between comfort and growth for children because anytime I do correct my children, I've got a 10 year old, an eight year old and a three year old and life at my house can be pretty crazy sometimes of course you know my kids fight they'll do they'll make a stupid mistake or you know my my three-year-old is going through all the phases of learning how to be a human being and learning how to learning the our family culture and just learning how to how to interact with other humans of course i'm disciplining my kids and saying hey you know when you do this that's not acceptable and i'm doing the regular thing that any parent would do but Comfort is always part of the discipline process for me You know, I know everybody has their own parenting method and model and i'm not here to say one way is right or wrong over another But my my method has always been to make sure that the person the child that i'm correcting Knows that I love them and they know why i'm correcting them So when my three-year-old went through a biting phase You know, it wasn't like hey, you're a horrible human being because you're biting Only bad kids bite. It's like, hey, look, we don't bite other people because we love them and we don't want to hurt other people. And then showing an increased love for my daughter after having disciplined her, because I don't want her to think that I don't love her because she bit. I think the binary of saying either comfort or discipline, I don't think it works because for me, the comfort is going to happen regardless of what they do. And the discipline will happen only if they make a mistake. One of the phrases, <laughs> one of the phrases I say to my kids that I hope that they can capture with any time that I'm correcting them is the only rule I set, the only rule that's like a written in stone, this is something you must do is let kindness for others influence how you act towards them. That's it. That's that's the one like big rule that I have. Anyway, I don't know. I'm on a tangent. This is only tangentially related. Sorry. Anyway, um, I'm going to jump back to this. I did have a a couple of other commenters um, offer some excellent insight into this as well. So to sum up, going back to comparing how Sister Oaks talked about it, what what Sister Oaks is talking about here is a struggle that she had that was not a sin. It wasn't a mistake. She didn't do anything wrong. She just didn't get married in her 20s. And she felt pain because of that. And that's a pain that's real. And that's a pain that many members of the church that are unmarried go through. In a situation like this, this is the context that she was bringing it up. Her faith is tested because she's not following the covenant path. She wants to follow the covenant path, but she she just hasn't found an eternal companion yet. And that was the context of this quote. That God is more interested in her growth than her comfort. And that just felt wrong to me. In a situation where the the individual has done nothing wrong and is feeling intense pain and crying in her pillow about it, that's what she said, that's precisely the moment where a loving God would offer comfort. So as, as Timmy related this to raising kids, I'm going to relate that back to raising children. So if I'm going to relate apples to apples... The exact same scenario that Sister Oaks is talking about to a child's experience. This is precisely the time where a god should offer comfort. If the individual is doing nothing wrong, does not need to change their course or or grow as a person, all they need is comfort and love. Comfort is exactly what that type of person needs. Now there's another aspect of this that I want to discuss, and this was mentioned by a Jordan on the YouTube channel, and uh, I'll I'll uh, put a trigger warning of suicidal ideation on here, and uh, read this person's comment and talk about what they what they said. This comment was the second part of why this phrase just didn't sit well with me. So Jordan says. I know exactly what it is about this phrase. Heavenly Father is more interested in your growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ than he is in your comfort that rubs me wrong. All my life growing up in the Mormon church, it was emphasized that the Holy Spirit was the greatest comforter, that Jesus suffered every conceivable pain and agony so that he would know how to perfectly comfort you in times of struggle. So when my depression was compounded by the CPTSD from the traumas of serving my mission, and drove me to the brink of suicide i did what i had been taught to go and knelt and poured out my soul to god and jesus and pled for relief and comfort and nothing came i visited with my bishop for guidance and all he could provide were the same empty platitudes and admonitions to do all the things that i was already doing reading scriptures attending church serving faithfully in my calling and praying daily none of that was working so if you want to go support Jordan and their comment, you can find it on the YouTube page. They go into a little bit more detail of their experience. They talk about um, Bruce Amarkonki. Go support Jordan. Leave a message. Comment on, on his comment if you want to uh, find and support them there. I loved this comment. I loved what you had to say, Jordan. Thank you for sharing deeply personal information there that I, I chose not to put into the podcast episode. So if you want to go find it and read more, send that Jordan some love. Please do that. This was exactly my experience in the LDS church as well. I struggled with with depression, suicidal ideation, and nothing that I was taught to do actually offered me any substantive comfort in my day-to-day life. In fact, it was quite the opposite, honestly. The last prayer that I ever said, maybe I'll share this here. The last prayer that I ever said, and this is the question that I posed to God, for he or she or they to answer. It is the only question I want answered. If a God exists, this is the question. Where were you when I was in crisis? You would send angels with flaming swords so that Joseph Smith could marry children. But when I was in crisis with suicidal ideation and I opened myself to the heavens, I was met with silence. The last prayer I offered, that was the only question. And I haven't prayed since. It's been about four years. When a phrase like this comes up, when talk of comfort is pushed down, and discipline and growth is praised as being more important than comfort, when talking to someone with depression or mental illness, it doesn't hit the same. So maybe part of the reason I had a negative response to it was because of my personal experience with the LDS religion and my depression that is so intertwined with my lived experience of Mormonism. My mind is going to a Norm MacDonald joke. I have a... uh, My sense of humor is uh, sometimes dark. And there's a Norm MacDonald joke that it just cracks me up the late norm mcdonald and he's talking about when people talk about suicide and some people's reactions to it is you know i just can't understand why this person would contemplate suicide and why would they even consider it norm says you can't you don't understand and then he proceeds to list just some of the awful things about being a human <laughs> and for some reason it just cracks me up i know i got heavy here i didn't mean to get quite so heavy um but on top of what i said was the first reason and the first half of this discussion this second part this this need for comfort for some individuals is so important every human is different every human needs different things and so for some maybe they do need that hard hand and emphasis on growth but for others i think the comfort is far more important we, we never know what someone else is going through. And I don't think Sister Oaks um, meant for it to, be, to come off the way that I perceived it. Maybe she doesn't have depression. Maybe she just doesn't understand my lived experience within the LDS framework. And that's okay. I can offer her kindness and say, it's okay for her not to know how I received this message. The last comment on this subject that I'll quote or that, I'll, that I'll cite is from Steve. Again, this is on the YouTube page. He listed a couple of, of, uh, of his takeaways from the devotional. And I really liked what he had to say about this very point that we're talking about here. And he says, When Sister Oaks, like you said, touched on her personal struggle with being single in the church, I would have loved for them to have dug deeper. The Church always does this. They will coyly acknowledge pain that exists within the membership, but never attempt to examine the underlying doctrinal or political underpinnings that caused the pain in the first place. In this very example, top-down pressure to marry young and have kids ASAP is precisely one of the leading factors as to why it has decreased, because it's a terrible idea. Maybe we shouldn't tie people's personal sense of worthiness and righteousness to their marital status. You'd hope they think, but it's almost comical now watching Oaks continue to double down on the rising generation. It's going to bleed out the youth even faster. I love that that, uh, Steve emphasized the fact that it's these doctrinal ideas, these underlying doctrinal ideas that are causing this pain in the first place. They never examine that. They never think about why and sharing. Thanks for everyone that commented on this one. I try to answer as many of them as I can. Thanks for so much. Thanks so much for listening today. So, I know I hit on some heavy subjects for a minute there. I hope that a listener that might have been triggered or might have been reminded of some of the hard times that they've gone through, please offer yourself some kindness. Take some time for yourself today. And wherever you find yourself out there in the throes of unhealthy mental patterns, find kindness for yourself today. You guys are the best. And I hope you all have an excellent day.